Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, December 20th, Winter Solstice 2022, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts for the evening, Lavendar and Anastasia. If you didn't get a chance to listen to our show from September 6th, be sure you look for that in our our on-demand archives here, because you'll hear some great news that can greatly benefit Starseeds and their missions. So happy holidays, everyone. Our special guest tonight is Sandra Recchioni, who was born with the gift of seership and is a clairvoyant transmedium, as well as a divine dragon energy healer and flower and gem essence creator and practitioner, a diversified and universal spiritual advisor for our changing times. She has a special message from the Avatar realm for our Christmas show this evening. Sandra had a spiritual awakening at the age of 15 that became a catalyst and quickened her spiritual path. She became more aware of her clairvoyant gifts and mediumship, as well as her connection to the angelic realm and Archangel Michael, her guide, who has assisted her as her spiritual team leader through this lifetime. She later received the calling to enter higher realms under the tutelage of Master Melchizedek to train and prepare for the incoming era of light. She is an ordained reverend in the Order of Melchizedek and has had many transcendental experiences since her first awakening in 1985. Through spiritual practice and the prolonged use of the violet flame, Sandra became a keeper of the flame. She has since practiced the science of the spoken word and incorporates these teachings along with the use of the violet flame in her essence creations. The creation of starseed essences was divinely guided, uh, again, under the tutelage of St. Germain and other cosmic beings, and it was St. Germain who appeared to her in a deep state of transcendental meditation and told her to create these essences using her collection of Andaris. Crystal Andaras. After her transformative healing with flower and gem essences, she knew this was something she had to share with the world in order to assist her fellow starseed brothers and sisters. You can check out her website, which is Starseed Essence Shop, and shop is S H O P P E. And at the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest and hope to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we would like to thank Jada for hosting the switchboard this evening. Our main website is starseedhotline.com, and the Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one Zoom session. Um, even though Lavendar has now retired from doing sessions so she can finish her book and continue writing for Starseeds, uh, we still do those um, live sessions. And remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you're going to get a window of 10 hours of power. So you can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing um, at least two weeks before your birthday. And if you want the reading for that, about two months before your birthday. 
So first up this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her fascinating and wonderful Starseed News. Thank you, Ariel. Good evening, everyone. Boy, we're marching on through the year. It won't be very long now before we'll be in another year. Coming up on Christmas, where did it all go? And, I know. You know, isn't that something? In the spirit of the thing, I'm here to tell you that something big from the Arctic is now going to sweep into the United States just before Christmas, right now in a couple of days, and it is not Santa Claus. Uh, forecasters are telling us that thanks to a dip in the jet stream, This huge mass of cold air from the north is going to make its way south and will bring some areas in the Midwest their coldest Christmas in decades. The Federal Weather Prediction Center tells us this week we could see the coldest air of the season with a massive expanse of frigid temperatures from the northern Rockies, northern plains to the Midwest through the middle of the week, which is now, we're getting into that tomorrow, and then reaching the Gulf Coast and much of the eastern U.S. by Friday and into the weekend. They tell us that Pretty much everyone, at least east of the Rockies, is going to feel the effects of it in one form or another, whether it be rain, snow, wind, or cold, or temperatures. Forecasters tell us that Chicago can expect its coldest Christmas since 1966, 1996, excuse me, and cities including Indianapolis and Memphis will probably have their coldest Christmas since 1985. Snow could extend as far south as parts of Tennessee and Oklahoma, but forecasters say the system will bring mostly rain and possible flooding to much of the East Coast. This is a temperature drop all across the eastern United States. It's going to be 20 to 30 degrees from the day, from one day to the next once the storm goes through. And the travelers across the country can expect just a big mess in the days before Christmas and there will be flight delays and potential road closures. I know here it's predicted in 48 hours to be 4 degrees below zero. Oh, my word. There you have it. Bundle up. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, even Atlanta is going to be 17. Yeah, I mean, that's like bitter. I, yeah. I, I worry a little bit about the fruit crops and, of course, the bees. Uh, I, this is not part of tonight's news, but speaking about cold in the south, just as an incidental, they had a, a piece on it was a documentary on honeybees in Florida. My gosh, they were just decimated by that last hurricane. And I was really unaware, and maybe um, this is off the cuff, I'm sharing this with all of you, that honeybees today, uh, in this day and age, cannot live by themselves in the wild. According to this documentary, they need to be farmed. Beekeepers have to raise them. They have to have cultivated hives. They're unable to to live alone uh, in the wild. They die off within two years. And unfortunately, the hurricane in the south, in Florida, destroyed much of their food sources, and they are having to feed the bees sugar water to keep them alive, which is extremely expensive. They're going through tankers of it to keep these bees alive because they've lost their food source, you know, flowers and things like that, uh-huh. the pollen sources uh, since that last hurricane. So, and as this cold weather comes, I'm thinking about the citrus and other fruits and delicious delectables we get from the south anyway. Fortunately for us, it's not going to be extended just uh, for most everybody really it's just going to be a couple of days and then it's going to return back to normal winter temperatures but having said all that going from cold and snow and miserable things let's talk about rainbows and unicorns how about that (laughs) Um, you know you got to love california some people criticize california but i think it's an amazing state having been from there of course and but i tell you it's got (laughs) i get some really cool stories out of california 
because we've got some really cool people. Anyway, this is a story about a little tiny girl. And she got approval from her from the state of California. She got a state license to own a living unicorn. That is, if she can find one. That's right. California just granted the first ever state license for unicorn husbandry, which was provided to this little girl if she can find one. And she has to ensure that the unicorn has appropriate exposure to sunlight, moonbeams, and rainbows. Now, this is not a joke. This is legit. The, the the certificate and the letter is in the newspaper. It's adorable. Uh, I'll tell you the rest of the story. Uh, a little girl wrote the letter to Los Angeles County saying, Dear L.A. County, I would like your approval if I can have a unicorn in my backyard, if I can find one. Wrote this little girl <laughs> named Madeline. Uh-uh. And uh, in response, uh, the Department of uh, Animal Control such sent an emblazoned permanent unicorn license in a – they had a picture of this in the newspaper. It's a hot pink heart, a metal heart. looks like a dog tag, only it's big. Uh, and it had engraved on it, permanent unicorn license. And they sent with that, with her, with her unicorn license, a white unicorn uh, cuddly toy. It had pink hooves and a silver horn. So they sent her a, uh. a stuffed unicorn and this big heart license engraved in, in metal, on metal. Now, the uh, director of the uh, Animal Control and Care uh, praised Madeline's sense of responsible pet ownership to seek permission in advance and for thoughtfully considering the requirements of providing a loving home to animals. I want to read you part of the letter. They removed her last name, of course. Dear Miss Madeline, Thank you very much for your letter requesting permission to have a unicorn in your backyard. I am pleased to tell you that the Los Angeles County Department of Animal Care and Control does license unicorns under the following conditions. One, and this is official letterhead by it. The unicorn must be cared for in compliance with all animal caretaking regulations set forth in Los Angeles County Code Title 1-0. The unicorn is given regular access to sunlight, moonbeams, and rainbows. The unicorn is fed one of its favorite treats, watermelon, at least once a week. The unicorn's horn must be maintained to be in good health. This requires polishing it at least once a month with a soft cloth. And any sparkles or glitter used on the unicorn must be non-toxic and biodegradable to ensure the unicorn's good health. The letter goes on to say, It is always rewarding to hear from young people who thoughtfully consider the requirements of providing a loving home to animals. I commend your sense of responsible pet ownership to seek permission in advance to keep a unicorn in Los Angeles County. Enclosed is a pre-approved unicorn license for when you can find one. In the meantime, because they are indeed very rare to find, we hope you will enjoy this endorsed unicorn with our compliments and appreciation for reaching out to our department. Uh-huh. Uh isn't that adorable? I mean, you know, we cuss uh, everybody. Doesn't everybody, just about everybody, cusses government for some reason or another. Oh, it doesn't do this, it doesn't do that, it doesn't work. Uh, wow. Here's an example of really caring human beings who probably work in animal control and care because they care about animals. In this case, they also cared about a little girl. This is all on the up and up. This is how they responded. Uh, it's, to me, that is so extremely uplifting. I mean, there's somebody alive in there, okay? There's somebody there that works there that's a living, breathing being that can show a kindness and, and go along with the child's imagination. And and you know what? It's lit up everybody who's read, read this article, and I hope it's lit you up too just because it's a beautiful thing. 
She wanted to yeah. find a unicorn. And California has specific requirements, as you're going to see. I've got more stories to tell you about animals um, uh, being, you know, owned or such. And uh, you can't, you can't keep chickens in your yard if you live in certain places and such. And so she knew she had to ask permission for something as special and as large as a unicorn. Adorable. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's another story that isn't as cute, but it's very touching. The manager of a Minnesota liquor store was surprised to come back home, back to, excuse me, back to the store from lunch. This happened yesterday. To find the help at the counter was walking around in her socks. No shoes. Well, that ha- that's because security camera footage showed that she had just given her favorite shoes, which was a pair of purple retro Jordans, to a homeless man she saw strapping boxes to his feet. Oh. The liquor employee, known as Ace, so the split-second act of kindness was an easy decision. She said, nobody would ever give me shoes like that, oh, the man said, excuse me. He said, nobody would ever give me shoes like that, the homeless man said. And the girl said, well, I'm not everybody. She said, I was always taught to help others. You never know what their problem is or what they're going through. The manager said that even before the generous act, he wished he had 12 women like her on his team such as her work ethic and joyful connection with customers. He bought her a pair of, uh, a new pair of shoes before her shift was over. Um, I don't know how he did that. Uh, but anyway, after which he shared the security camera footage on social media, and that's why you and I have heard the story now. She said that she became overwhelmed by the comments of love and appreciation for her act. It grew even more intense when a few friends in the industry came together to raise for this woman named Ace to buy another pair of purple Jordans, which happens to be the color of her favorite Minnesota team, the Vikings. Well, as it turns out, through becoming a little bit more attentive to her life, her boss learned that she is the sole caretaker of her mother, who sleeps in her bed while she sleeps on the floor. Well, in the end, he ended up giving her the cash rather than the shoes so that she could buy a second bed. Oh, now you just see uh, goodness everywhere in that story. Wow! See, people find their hearts, and look what—that's uh, just terrific. There was a a video clip, just a still of the man outside the store, uh, showing him that we caught on the on the uh, security camera, trying to get the boxes on his feet. Wow! Okay, landscape company gives employees. Get this, uh, no joke, gives employees $28 million in appreciation bonuses for jobs well done. The end-of-the-year bonuses are always a welcome sight, but these smiles bear witness. It's referring to a photograph. But these smiles bear witness to an extraordinary act of corporate generosity. A company called Rupert Landscape gave bonuses of between $7,000 to $200,000 to each and all employees with a tenure of over one year as a thank you for the role they played in the company's growth and development. They have a total of 1,200 workers, excluding those in the top leadership positions. 1,200 workers received the enormous thank you presence, which added up to be $28 million. The company says normal end-of-year bonuses were not deducted or altered by the gifts, which means they got their other year of end bonuses, 
end-of-year bonuses. Two, um, they announced this in staff meetings, nor uh, or any of the other benefits that happen to be 401k matching, health insurance, paid time off, and holidays affected by this, the bonus that we're talking about here. This country, uh, this, this company, excuse me, goes back to the 1970s, started by a teenager who began cutting his neighbor's yards to earn money. Today, that same man owns a company that serves commercial clients in over nine states from 30 locations and continues its tradition of chari- charitable giving at the local level. Uh, I just can't imagine many of the billionaires that we hear about giving away 28 million in employees. We never hear about it, so you can be sure they don't do it. But there it is. 1,200 people uh, shared $28 million in bonuses from this company's owner. Wow. And who said mowing lawns doesn't doesn't amount to much? <laughs> um, this is a, uh, I'm going to share with you an environmental story, which is really something. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Seychelles. Uh, 30% of the Barbados Seas are going to be protected now by something called blue bond financing. It's a part of a debt-for-nature refinancing program, and the island nation of Barbados is set to unlock $50 million in funding for conservation of its entire marine ecosystem. Barbados committed at last year's uh, conference of uh, nature conservancies to protect 30% of its territorial waters, but it didn't have the funds to do so. So uh, the Nature Conservancy announced it will work with partners to buy a piece of Barbados national debt and refinance it to facilitate the goal. It's a program known in the conservation world as Blue Bonds. The Nature Conservancy's Blue Bonds for Ocean Conservation Strategy, hard to say, essentially finds nations which have a lot of debt, very low tax revenue, and very important territorial waters and then recruits financial partners to buy outstanding debt from the previous holders and renegotiate terms with more favorable interest rates to provide these countries uh, uh, money to spend on their ocean conservation. So this island nation of Seychelles has established protections over this marine environment, which is an area equivalent to the size of Great Britain, 158,000 square miles. They say, we believe that the innovative debt transactions coupled with science and marine planning can achieve protection and improve management of more than 4 million square kilometers of the planet's ocean, a 15% increase in the current amount of global marine protection. I tell you, some things are really moving in the right direction. Yes. Yes. Well, there has been monumental U.S. legislation passed. I don't know that you've heard about it. I didn't until I researched the news. Uh, this was sparked, uh, this whole legislation uh, was sparked by the exploitation that's been depicted in the TV series Tiger King. And this bill was passed by the U.S. Senate, and it bans public contact with lions, tigers, leopards, cheaters, cheetahs, excuse me, jaguars, and cougars. It's called the Big Cat Public Safety Act, and this prohibits keeping big cat species as pets, along with the practice of cub petting. It also makes it illegal for members of the public to have close contact with the animals, including bottle feeding or handling any cubs. The bipartisan legislation was passed in the Senate by unanimous consent, 
It had already passed in the U.S. House of Representatives, and now it goes to the White House to be signed into law by President Biden, who has expressed his support. We've been fighting for this moment for years because so many so-called tiger kings have been breeding tigers and other big cats to use them for profit, according to the president and chief executive officer of the Humane Society. Keeping big cats as pets is not only inhumane, but it's also a serious public safety issue, they say. In the last 30 years, there have been more than 400 incidents involving captive big cats that resulted in hundreds being injured and 24 deaths to adults and children. They said, uh, in fact, Senator Blumenthal of Connecticut said, these beautiful but powerful predators deserve to live in the wild, not be kept in captivity for people's entertainment. I'm thrilled that after a groundswell of public and bipartisan support, this bill I've long advocated for will become law. This legislation is going to limit ownership of these animals to zoos, universities, and sanctuaries, such as the Black Beauty Ranch in Texas, run by the Humane Society, as a home for big cats that were languishing after being used by the cub petting industry. Uh, I, I guess I'm woefully unaware. Ariel, had you, were you aware that people had cub petting businesses or that people, you know, that they did this sort of thing in this country? No, I, I, I wasn't aware of that. I mean, it's got to be going on in places that we don't know about, but it was obviously happening enough that they had to pass this law. So anyway, the big cats are now protected. So there you have it. I suppose you have to be a veterinarian to take care of them or um, in some official capacity. So um, I, I'm sure that takes them out of circuses and such as that, which is just fine. I don't know if we have circuses like that anymore. Anyway, that's good news for the cats. And yeah. um, out of Britain, in our archaeology department, I wish I could share this photo with you. They have found a 1,300-year-old gold and gemstone necklace. It's the richest ever find uncovered in Britain. Archaeologists have uncovered this necklace in, in England. Uh, they discovered it during excavations for a housing development. Research, researchers tell us that the necklace is the richest of its type ever uncovered, with a staggering 30 pendants and beads made of Roman coins, gold, garnets, glass, and semi-special stones, semi-precious stones. It was found in a high-status female burial ground containing other intriguing items that are still being investigated. Experts believe this is the most significant female burial from the era ever discovered in Britain. The skeleton itself has fully decomposed, uh, with just a, except a little bit of tooth enamel, but the treasure tells the researchers that this was a very devout, high-status woman, such as an abbess, a royal, or an early Christian leader. They said this finds is a truly once-in-a-lifetime discovery, the sort of thing you read about or dream about. It's not something you expect to see coming out of the ground in front of you when you're digging to build property, build a sub subdivision. So, big find. And I found it interesting because... So many times the burial sites that we find are related to men, men leaders, men royals, whatever. Um, this was a woman that was very, very important 1,300 years ago. And it, for the, just for that reason alone, it's extremely unusual. They are really scouring through this, um, this grave site. They've got the kind of equipment now to do things that you can't even imagine. I mean, they can read the impressions in the dirt. Uh, uh, they found that, uh, there, that she had, on one of the medals, apparently, 
I left an impression in the dirt. Didn't say anything about the the jewelry having an impression on it. But I guess it was frozen in the dirt. The items may be gone, but they were faces, like cameos, with people's faces. That with their special wow. equipment, that it was pressed into the dirt. Um, various people that images of other people that were buried with this woman. So um, they're, I think they're probably going to construct quite a story out of this. But they're certain she was uh, a religious person. So anyway, yeah, as I get more, I'll, I'll tell you about it. And here's a story. Uh, you know, some of you people out there, you know, you're just office drones, right? You, you drag yourself into an office and sit at a desk, and oh boy. Or maybe you work in a doctor's office or a dentist's office. Anyway, you work hard for your money, and wouldn't you like to have this happen to you? A woman has won $175,000 at an office gift exchange. She lives in Kentucky, and when they, they pooled all of their presents on a table, and she had her eye on a $25 TJ Maxx gift card. She thought, man, I'd like to have that. Well, she was disappointed when somebody else chose that card because she had her eye on it. It was during a holiday party. Uh, so she just uh, instead ended up with something worth 7,000 times more than the $25, huh? $25 TJ Maxx card. Her name's Lori. She runs an office in Kentucky. She had to choose a $25 worth of scratch-off lottery tickets at this white elephant gift exchange. Well, her colleagues just coaxed her to scratch them off right now and see what's on them. And, uh, well, two of them paid off. She won $50 on the first ticket. And on the next, a $10 ticket hit the jackpot ticket. She hit all 15 spots. And that was a $175,000 top prize. She Whoa. said everybody was going insane. People were getting out their calculators and double-checking. A couple of people even scanned the ticket on the lottery app just to make sure. She called her family to tell them about the win, but they didn't believe her. They said, we figured she didn't look at it right. But then we heard people in the background screaming and yelling. It became real. (laughs) So the win came to $124,250 after tax. She says the money will go toward paying off car loans and her daughter's student loans. Wow. Wow. What a Merry Christmas. Yes, indeed. Well, here's a young boy that learned 11, earned $11,000, and um, he did something very, very special with it. How did the young boy learn earn $11,000? Well, let's just start out by saying that hundreds of children in domestic violence shelters and foster homes are going to get presents this year, thanks to this little boy, compassionate, excellent salesman. His name's Jonathan, and he's a Boy Scout in Minnesota. He was selling Boy Scout popcorn outside of the department store. He's 12 years old, and he's been doing this for half of his life, and he's gotten really good at it. This year, his sales hit $56,396 from locations in eight counties where John spends his free time during fall popcorn season. His sales tactics displayed in the news report show him greeting anybody who walks by with, Hello, my name is Jonathan, and I'm a Star Scout in Troop 506 often followed by an upbeat, have a great day, as they pass by. Well, besides raising money for their troop, scouts are entitled to a commission. So for this boy, it amounts to a whopping $11,300, which he could have used to buy anything his adolescent heart desired. But for him, that means toys for other kids, specifically those in foster care and domestic violence shelters. It's not the first year he's done this. In fact, he was nominated as one of the three most inspiring Minnesotans by his uh, Uh, state's newspaper last year 
Now, he doesn't just buy toys. He goes around to stores and shops Amazon looking for the right gift for each single child. He reads what every kid writes and tries to find something he thinks they're specifically going to like, his mother says. Who says Santa Claus isn't real? Santa Claus is 12 years old. (laughs) Once all the goods are purchased, his troop will throw a wrapping party. Can you imagine how much money this? How much? How many gifts? Eleven thousand dollars will buy. Yeah. <laughs> Once all the goods are purchased, his troop his troop does that. And when he was asked uh, what inspires him, he said, "His dad did, because his dad grew up in foster homes. Ultimately, he said he just wants to earn enough money to buy a present for every child in Minnesota in foster care. He said, "I just want to make other kids happy for Christmas, and let them know that they are loved and appreciated." Oh wow! Wow, that's a little star seed for you. This is yeah. yeah. Oh yes, there's lots of them out there. They are shining their lights bright. I mean, I get these stories all the time. I'm going, my God, these are awesome children coming in. All right, well here's a final story about horses. We love horses. Horses are oh, talk about dear to heart. Um, a community has rallied around to save horses that had an incident. Four horses, they were siblings, are now doing A-OK after a terrifying ordeal on a partially frozen Montana pond. Um, reports say that the incident took place about a week and a half ago on the 80-acre ranch in Kalispell on a day with temperatures hovering in the teens. Now, the ranch manager said she found the horses, one of which happens to be hers, and they fell into the pond when a neighbor came pounding on her door that afternoon. She said she, she learned about it then. She rushed to the pond with that neighbor where they saw the horses weighing about 1,200 pounds apiece, neck deep in the icy water, struggling to get out. She saw each of the horses born and trained them, she said. She helped them be born, and then she trained them, and she felt completely helpless. She said, I'm their mom. There's nothing I could possibly have done to help them. Well, she called 911, as well as one of the ranch's owners, and while they were waiting for emergency responders to arrive, she said people just started showing up. Neighbors were pouring in. People came with ropes, chainsaws, shovels, pickaxes. Then the fire department came soon after, as did the animal control officers and staff from a nearby farm, and everybody tried to figure out how to get the horses out, an effort that was further hampered by the thick mud at the edge of the pond. Meanwhile, guess what? She couldn't get too close to the rescue effort because whenever the horses saw her, she helped birth them. They started climbing up on top of each other trying to get out. She said, I had to stay away from the edge for my own safety and theirs. I tried to calm them down with my voice. And here's the thing. After two hours in this freezing water, the band of rescuers came up with a method to yank the horses out. Firefighters got into the icy water to tie straps under the horse's chests, and then working on one horse at a time, emergency responders secured a rope around the animal, which was then pulled out by a dozen people and a tractor. They winched them out. It took three hours to get all four horses out. That's five hours total. I don't know how the horses survived. She said, I was surprised that we got the first one out and actually shocked that we were able to get all of them out alive. It was a great feeling of relief. 
She said the pond has never been an issue in the 10 years she's worked at that ranch. She told reporters that the horses are all doing well after their experience. She said what was amazing about this day, not only is it that the horses lived, but the community really pulled together for this one. Everybody took everybody to save those horses. Wow. I'm delighted about the horses, and I'm really touched about how people can come together. That's just the way, it's all the potential we need to know about. So we're going to end this year, um, say goodbye to it. A new year is coming. Uh, Let's make it even a better year, full of light and the dreams of your hearts. And, you know, uh, from my heart to each one of you, much love. Hope you have beautiful holidays. Don't eat too many sweets, your mother says. (laughs) Too much daddy and cookies. Be sure and save some out for Santa. I love all of you. Thank you so much. And we'll catch you next time. Ariel. Okay, Anastasia, thank you so much. Good job. Uh, Until, actually, next year. (laughs) Talk to you then. That's right. That's right. Okay. Okie doke. All right. Now I am going to get uh, Lavendar and Sandra. Get your mics open. Hello, Lavendar and Sandra. Uh, can you can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Hello. Okay. Hi. Good. Okay. Well, Sandra, we're so happy to have you with us for this very special uh, Christmas show, and I think you have <clears throat> some surprises for us. But I'm going to let Lavendar uh, lead it off. Okay. So, Sandra, thank you so much for being our guest tonight. And so I'll just let you start wherever you want to start with the messages that you prepared for us. So just take it away, Sandra. Thank you, Lavendar. Thank you, Ariel. And thank you, everyone. It's an honor to be here on the Christmas show. Um, So the messages came through... um, December 16th, when I was thinking about the show and tapping in to my friends and seeing what they were going to bring through. And as I lay my head down to sleep that night, I pondered of the winter solstice. I thought of how uh, it was last year and how one year had passed and so many changes worldwide and individual had occurred. At that moment, I immediately felt a surge of energy, and in my mind's eye appeared a perfect image of the Queen of Snow. I jumped out of bed and headed to my sacred space as I do hands trembling and heart pounding, as it happens often when I prepare to receive a message from the Masters. So you wonder, who is the Snow Queen? And I don't mean the Disney version, um, but this is um, a theme of where they derive that story from. The Snow Queen and King were rulers of an ancient Golden Age civilization that was tropical in nature near where Greenland is now, actually where Greenland is now, and it was in Eden. They represented the father-mother principle of that civilization, and it reached its height long before the Ice Age. Buddha describes the snow king and queen as twin flames who once ruled an ancient land and converted a good part of the North Pole to snow. 
The Snow Queen is a cosmic being and a great magical miracle light with the consciousness of purity. And so the Snow King and Queen hold the balance for this Golden Age civilization thousands of years ago by focusing the purity of light of the God Presence to all the people that embodied at that time. Sana Kumara describes them and speaks of the release of the cosmic snow, similar to Anastasia's report. I think she was tapping in there to the Snow Queen as well. He says, blessed ones, this cosmic snow is to absorb 10,000 times the weight of each particle in human creation and substance of the astral plane. Such is the quality of this light. Throughout the world, then, a new purity of light goes forth and a clearing action that comes in to answer our calls to the violet flame. That excerpt is from the Masters in the Retreats by Mark and Elizabeth Prophet. So the Snow Queen and King have served many other star systems and periodically they come back to Earth. Um, but in January, on January 11, 2004, the beloved Snow Queen announced through her dictations through Elizabeth Prophet that she would be more engaged and in greater service to the Earth where she would be more present. Both the Snow King and Queen have now offered to assist us in the bringing in of this new golden age. They are beings of great attainment and stature and have a great love for the Earth and the Earth's evolutions. And they bring in this tremendous momentum of purity that is invoked and it's like a blanket over an entire area of that dazzling white radiance of snow, which is equivalent to Elohim Purity's flame. And these blankets of snow are used to quell or stay the hand of riots, war, oppression, revolution, the uncontrolled masses, wherever they focus this purity and wherever it flows. So the message now from the Queen of Snow is as follows. The blanketing of the white light of purity in form of snow, wherever the star seeds are present, is where the mighty light does now release its rays, and all are blessed. Prepare yourselves for record snowfall this winter. Prepare, 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 as these omni-storms of snow will blanket an area in minutes. You will experience record low temperatures in the northern regions well into Canada and in the areas where you never see snowfall. The incoming blankets of cosmic snowflakes are made by design to assist these areas, to cool off the collective and deter events. Do not fear. Open yourself and surrender to nature in this time. It's a time of hibernation, introspection, and reawakening. Prepare for this time of stillness when the snow settles in the dark of night or the glistening of the rainbow hues 
on the dawn of a new day. You smell the scent of purity in the air. Breathe it in. Bask in this purity. Beloved, hold fast and tend to your firewood. Listen to the crackling of the threefold flame within your heart, the focal point of the divine within this secret chamber of your heart. Reconnect to your divine mother and father by stilling the senses during this time of cleansing and renewal and knowing that you are loved. The loved starseeds, always loved. As this message was coming through, I saw a vision of snowflakes falling upon a city near a mountain. As the snow was falling, the snowflakes had golden glowing geometrical symbols and light language symbols. And as they fell into the land and the people, their homes and their pets, these energy particles fall onto the causal body of all the land and its inhabitants. So after such a great intro by the Queen of Snow, I was honored because I hadn't heard from her in a while, so I guess she's back. But I also sensed the joy of Christmas fill me. And I remembered Elizabeth Prophet Olsen spoke of the spirit of Christmas as a being of great light and Buddhic attainment, a source of joy, of love, unconditional love. So the one known as the spirit of Christmas is therefore come here to tell us of the birth of Yeshua against the backdrop of nature's darkest hour of the year. This announcement at winter solstice as his star appearing as a great drama in the cosmos, is there to teach us that in this darkest night of man's longing, there does appear the star of hope and the birth of the Christ consciousness in all of us. So I therefore come as a spirit of Christmas, as you might anticipate the coming of the one we all know as Santa Claus, And we remember when we were young and we were waiting for Santa Claus and we knew where he would come in and we left him cookies and milk and maybe a snack for the reindeer. And how as we grew older in disbelief when our parents told us that he was not real, the disappointment that we felt as children to hear that but it's not true. Santa is real. And the vessel, the, the, the avatar for the earth that portrays himself as Santa Claus in this polarity is truly a being of great light. And learning this, learning that we can embody this light is our Christmas gift. And it's that spirit that we feel 
that embodies us during this time, that we feel that presence, that we want to give to those in need, that we want to share and be joyful. At the same time, it is our darkest night for some. And to know that the spirit of Christmas is indeed a real person, a cosmic being who fills the hearts of people with anticipation of the greatest gift of all, the gift of personal Christhood, the realization that when you think of gifts that we share with each other these days, do they enhance that identity of the Christ consciousness within the children? Do they just adorn the outer person? So pay attention then to the individual self and the outer self. And do not lose this opportunity in this hour of the solstice to truly enter into the heart of that cosmic being known as the spirit of Christmas and understand that it embodies the collective consciousness of the Christhood, of our divine inner self. And all of the beings, the ascended beings, the masters, the cosmic hosts, they are all symbols and archetypes of that same spirit. So Santa Claus himself lingering around and dropping down from chimneys, instilled with that cosmic Christ consciousness and a heart full of joy and love and laughter. So ho, ho, ho there. (laughs) (laughs) Your your message is, I, I love this message. I have never heard of the Queen of Snow but I absolutely could visualize the the elementals and all the beings that would support that effort. And now, of course, within the next 48 hours, we're going to be having uh, a witness to the Snow Queen that's coming. <laughs> so maybe it's a time for us to reflect and to, to let the snow glisten, a, a new light for us to... Uh, to think about and to grow to. So um, I really don't have a whole lot more to say. I think this message is so profound that I don't really want to uh, have much of a discussion. Uh, There's one more avatar that that, that chimed in if you want me to continue. Absolutely. I just, I knew that I didn't have anything to say. I know that you had something to say. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, it, it makes sense it would be three of them because of the, you know, the Trinity, the three kings. I mean, it's the number three. So, yeah, um, we're almost at the uh, at the uh, culminating point here. So I'll, I shall continue. Okay. Chananda comes through. Uh, for those of you who don't know Chananda... He is chief of the Indian Council of the Great White Brotherhood. Um, he 
has his hierarchy at the Cave of Light, which is a focus of the Great Divine Director in India, and the Palace of Light, which is adjacent to the Cave of Light in the hometown of Chananda. So Ascendant Master Chananda, for those of you who don't know, was a scholar on Mu, Lemuria, and he also lived in the area that is now known as San Francisco. They used to call it the City of Seven Hills. And he was also embodied in the time of Yeshua, and he knew Yeshua. And from afar, he saw how radiant and, and magnetic Yeshua was, and he perceived that presence of immortality through his clothes. He could sense that. That's how much magnetism Yeshua had when he walked the earth. Tamananda demonstrated extraordinary powers that are available to all of the ascended avatars. And he gave a demonstration to his unascended chilas, a brief peak, and he levitated himself on a magic carpet 11,000 feet into the atmosphere to enjoy the view of the valley. And everyone's jaw dropped at that point. Um, he also came forth in 1937 to assist Germain to implement his plan for the freedom of Earth. And he assists the governments of the world while he works with the youth, often appearing as a young girl in parts of India and China uh, to teach people and to help them. So he's currently working on a top-secret priority project with the Darjeeling Council, and he's very involved in the precipitation of the Golden Age uh, government based on the principle, and get this, of the Constitution of the United States. So Tananda was around during the time of war in India, um, which he states was one through nonviolence, they shun the violence by exuding the peace of the Buddha, which is the all-power of God holding the balance in the midst of thousands. So as he stood in the midst of battle with thousands around him, holding the focus of the sacred fire inside of him, they didn't see him. He was not in their field of vision. And the battle retreated on both sides, leaving him standing alone in the midst of this battlefield by himself. So, beloved, Fernanda's message to Starseed is to know that that pillar of light that you are to stand firm in your knowing and in your power as we see the battles ensue around us, red and black, uh, red and blue, black and white. You must too keep the focal point of the light and look up and know that the great white brotherhood and our cosmic family is always there for you. And they infuse you with the activation and the downloads to assist and prepare you during these times of great upheaval, of revelation, and of threats of war on the planet. So Chananda says to hold steadfast to that light that you carry 
and you can quell those fevers of war. You have no idea the power that is inside of you and how with your presence and your intention and that fervor of heart and that connection with that inner chamber of the heart, you can hold the balance for any battle. He says, peace be still and know that I am God, the mantra of beloved brother Yeshua. He says, I am your example. You can do this as I did. Practice time is over and you are now ready to stand as pillars of light for those spiritual battles or the wars that are raging on around and around. Your presence annihilates this darkness with a quickening. You too can raise the frequency of peace. United as starseeds on the earth at this time, forever in your gratitude, Sananda. And I get very emotional here because as Sananda departed, beloved Yeshua and Mary Magdalene appear like a sketch walking through a doorway adorned with a blue light, a hue radiating to them. And beloved Yeshua and Mary Magdalene, they want you to know that they extend the presence of their causal body at this time to all the inhabitants of the earth during this transformative winter solstice. And they've asked me to recite the mantra as they greet you in the higher realms of the solstice night. Adosh, 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 Adonai Elohim El Shaddai. And so it is, as above, so below. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. What a lovely, lovely message you have brought to us tonight. Woo! I can feel the <clears throat> the energies that are transpiring through your voice all over the planet to all the different places to where we uh, send signals. This radio show goes to many, many places in many, many countries. So you have really lit up a gigantic beam of light tonight. And um, so at this time, I would like to pass you over to Ariel. And Ariel, are you going to have a song tonight, by the way? Um, Yeah, I I was thinking that might be appropriate. um, Okay. Whenever whenever Sandra um, feels it's time. Okay. All right. 
So, uh, Sandra, thank you so much for bringing this message, and thank you so much for coming to the Quest as many times as you uh, have attended, and thank you for your uh, strong presentation at this last Quest when we held the the point for the women uh, in the Middle East. So thank you so much for that, and I will be sending out a uh, an email uh, later about about what was happening in the Middle East from the Quest. So back to you, Ariel, and thank you, Sandra, for all that you do, not only for star seeds, but for the planet herself. Thank you. Thank you, Lavendar. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Okay. Um, you you can be the director, Sandra. Um <laughs> Do you have do you have something else that you want to uh, talk about, or um, you want to have a song? Yeah, let's have a song. I think this is uh, it's flowing so beautifully, and the energies are are perfect. So. Okay, um, you're so, on. <laughs> thank you, and um, hopefully the uh, the digital format will come through with some clarity. This is one of my very favorite songs to sing, and um, I do it at the quest whenever I can, not just at Christmas time, because it's just it's got such a frequency. This is called uh, Mary Did You Know.
Are you still there, Sandra? I am. I love that song. It's my favorite. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's it's one of my most favorite songs to sing. So um, what do you want to talk about next? I have a couple of things I wanted to ask you, but if you've got a flow going, we'll wait. Oh, no, go for it. I'm good. I, I, I did my spiel. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, you had had mentioned um, a kind of a private project that's near and dear to your heart. Um, did you want to tell us about uh, yes. the children? Yes, the children in Uganda. Yes, my um, my family of light there. So, real quick, um, during COVID, I like many um, was stuck at home and. I created um, a Facebook page, uh, but I, you know, I wanted it to be kind of for spirituality and and all that stuff. So I came across like-minded friends and um, Reverend Peter, who is the director of the No Jesus No Life uh, Ministry in Nitaya District of Uganda. Um, we started corresponding here and there, and um, I started tithing to them and helping them out. Now a dollar goes a long way in Uganda. It's like amazing. And at the time I was um, working my regular nine to five and um, I was a little strapped so I couldn't do much. But as I grew, I my donations grew and um, I created a GoFundMe page for them. Um, I prayed with them and um, the kids are amazing. They, they're learning life, you know, life tools, carpentry, sewing, things that can take them into the future. And I know it's a little town in Uganda and they're starving people all over our country, but a dollar goes a long way over there, whereas here it's not the equivalent. So if I can make a change in the child's life, um, even if it's, you know, 20 bucks a month, I, I do that because I know that Somewhere along the line, um, it's gonna it's gonna help them. And this friendship grew with Reverend Peter and the children there. Um, there's 113 children there, and um, most recently they created um, these beautiful bracelets that are handmade by them. And uh, for 2023, I will be including a little spot on the website um, if you would like to receive one in your package for a small donation and also a percentage of your purchases. There will be donation going to their GoFundMe. We are trying to purchase uh, five acres of land for them so they can grow their own food and eventually build housing there so they don't have to rent anymore and um, have their own that's theirs. So um, that's going to be called Rainbow Sanctuary. I'm very proud of that accomplishment with Reverend Peter and um, sending a lot of Christmas blessings to them because they'll be listening to the radio show. And thank you for letting me plug them in. So. Oh, sure. Sure. And is there a, um, 
a GoFundMe link that you'd like to tell people about? Yes, you can find that on the website. And also when you check out, there's a little link if you're making the purchase. And you can drop a dime there. And the GoFundMe page is also available in the newsletter that goes out monthly. Okay, and your website is Starseed Essence Shop. Dot com. Dot com, yeah, which was, I thought you were going to add something, but yeah. <laughs> and shop is spelled uh, the old-fashioned way, S-H-O-P-P-E. So starseedessenceshop.com. And um, your the essences that you have created um, with divine guidance from masters and avatars, um, these these essences that you create are so uh what is it? I was going to say strong but that's not the right word powerful they out are out of this world <laughs> out of this world there you go <laughs> yeah um and and your knowledge of how they work together and then you know you tune into people for custom blends uh, you tune into people and make something that is customized for whatever their energy is telling you they need, right? Yes, and and those are are beautiful um, beautiful sessions that we engage together with the plant kingdom, the flowers, the trees, and you kind of go through a I just call it a portal into the elemental kingdom and the flowers just start to talk to you right from the the TV, I mean the computer screen. It's just um I have a very bright color colorful PowerPoint and it's amazing how just by looking at an image you get the healing you need and we move on. And I have such a beautiful collection of flowers um, not all of them are on the website for sale, so uh, my private collection is the practitioner collection, and I work with different essences from all parts of the world. And when I tap into what you need, we start with the region. So which essences are, range are we going to use? Are we using Argentine? Are we using the ones from Brazil? Are we using the ones from Ireland? And I kind of narrow it down so that when the time comes, all of those um Flowers are the ones that you use in, during the consultation. So depending on what part of the world uh, they're coming through for you. And Argentine essences, which have seemed to, seem to be the most popular with starseeds along with starseed essences, is from my dear friend Kellyanne. Um, she has uh, a property by the Andes Mountains in San Rafael, Argentina. And we speak often through WhatsApp and we share stories and whatnot. And there's a connection with starseeds and these essences, just like mine, more than, more so than the other ones. And I was talking to her about it. And I said, you know, the starseeds, when they feel those essences, they hold the bottle, they really, like, jump at them, similar to my frequency, but hers are more flowers and animals. And she told me, wow, I just realized this and maybe this is why. And that part of San Rafael, the Andes Mountains, it's renowned for scientists uh, going to do uh, studies there 
And what they do is they collect stardust on the higher elevations of the Andes Mountains. And then they study this stardust. And they come from all over the world to do it right there in San Rafael, Argentina, where she is. So I'm like, well, like Lab says, give me a cosmic V8. I mean, I should have figured that one out. And so this stardust is falling on her land, on her flowers, and she's making these essences. So there is that start connection again with these galactic flowers is what I call them. Yeah, I, I know when, when you when you sent the pictures for the slideshow, uh, there were there were a couple of them um, that it's like okay, you, I mean you sent more than I could have used, but I was like okay, got to have the angel sword and the magnolia de Yeshua, uh, and that those like, spoke to me. So they're on the slideshow, <laughs> but there's so many, so many. Yes, and there's more and more coming up. Um, I just said, uh, I mean, the angel sword, the French violet, but flowers that, I mean, hibiscus recently for me um, with the goddess uh, Parvati, or goddess Kali, came through right before the Hurricane Ian, a powerful message from the goddess of um, renewal again, rebirth, the healing of the divine feminine um, battles and war. And, of course, the purging that occurred on the land where I'm at right after I received that message with that flower essence that I created 48 hours before the hurricane. So it was very very powerful. So I'm guessing that that essence is going to have a clearing effect on (laughs) the energy Mm -hmm. bodies when when one consumes it. And... um, probably make a lot of changes in someone's life, uh, lots of uh, clearing and renewal and change. So. Um, one, one, of the, one of the shots in, this, in the slideshow, if you would uh, tell everybody, um, with the, from England, would you tell the story behind that? Oh, yes, from H- my beautiful Hinkley. star sister. Yeah. Yes, my beautiful star sister in uh, Hinkley, UK. Um, uh, she had done a, a flower essence consultation, which also includes uh, crystals. Um, so the star seed essence collection was the only uh, range that came through for her for her consultation. So we went through all the star seed collection, and the only essence that jumped out at her um, was Palladian light, and she's the only only person that has only had one essence come through and no other. A beautiful, beautiful soul, a healer, and a true Palladian at heart, 100%. And I um, sent her her Palladian light, and she took it for three months. And one day she was washing the dishes, looking outside her kitchen window, and uh, she channels her star family so she knows um, their frequency and receives their guidance. And she felt, um, she heard a message saying for her to go outside and take her camera. And she follows instructions. So she grabbed her camera, went outside, and uh, they said, now. And she clicked the camera, and there you see the image of the ship with the lights 
coming through the clouds. And what a beautiful testimony that was for me at the time because I felt her longing and, and her, her desire to be in connection with them. And that was just the culminating point of, you know, steady use of Palladian light and many stories like that. I mean, there's so many. That one I actually got a picture of, though. <laughs> so it was a good one. Yeah. So did she, could she see the ship and the lights coming through the clouds, or could she not see it, and they told her when to click the camera, and then it came out on the picture? They told her when to click the camera, and it came out on the picture. There was no other sighting of that ship at that time. Um, and she's, uh, that is something with her. That's the second time that she's taken pictures of the ships. And the first one, someone shared it on social media, and the news started knocking on her door. And they put her in the, in the newspaper in the U.K., and um, she didn't like the attention, so she, you know, decided to keep it private moving forward. Um, but, yeah, she caught one of the ships during uh, an eclipse. Um, I believe it was a solar one, and she caught the shadow of the the tic tac, uh, uh, yeah, the tic tac shaped one, the small oval. Um, so yeah, that's her. That must be her thing because she's gifted with that um, to receive the message to go out with the camera and take the picture. Some people just have a knowing with that. Wow, wow! I bet she was excited to see the result. Well, yeah, I mean, I was jumping up and down. I was like, yes, we're getting somewhere. Yeah. But um, beautiful, magical things happen with all the different ranges, even um, the angel story, which is Australian bush essences. And uh, everyone loves my, my – I customize the uh, fringe violin and the angel sword as a, as a consultation, you know, for my, for my clients. And they just have it in their handbag. They use it all the time. It clears you. You can walk into spaces and, and not feel the bombardment of energies. It seals your aura. And it's a very handy tool to have, especially if you're a sensitive empath and you're very sensitive to large groups or those energies. Along with your powering up of your energy, you also have allies with the plants that, that help seal you know, what you're trying to conserve inside of your, your space. Well, I you know, I've long had the the belief and philosophy that everything we need is already here. It was it's been here forever. And we're just now learning how to live in harmony with it and how to get the benefit rather than um uh, uh invent a chemical. You know what I mean? Uh with whether it's Well, that's right. It's that that connection with Mother Nature. She's got something for us. Yes, and apparently, you know, some of the medication these days have plants inside of them. I mean, it's what was how, how we cured ourselves a long, long time ago. Even during the time of the kings and the queens, they used herbs. They took elixirs. Um, 
that was that was how we healed. We didn't have CVS and Walgreens back then. And they did <laughs> right. just fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, it's only been in the last hundred, you know, hundred and fifty years at the most that um, you know Western medicine has really become what it is now. But the the natural way is the preference of just about every starseed I've ever talked to. Yes, yes, 100%. Um, I'm a firm believer in your body talks to you and you can heal it. You can heal it if you if you listen. And, of course, anything in excess is not going to be good for the body. It is um, the suit that we're, we're living in for quite a while, a minimum of a few decades, if we're lucky, six decades, seven decades. That's a lot of use here with this body, and a lot of wear and tear, and um, we beat it up all the time. We beat it up, and we pick ourselves up, and we think, you know, we just brush it off, but that energetic um, fall trip, uh, even going on a roller coaster ride affects your energies. Um, it takes a while for them to settle back into place, and and for some, you know, it throws you off a little bit. So there's so many things that we do we don't think about that, you know, throw us off and throw us off balance. Uh, recently, actually, one of my star sisters came back from a, a trip uh, in California, and uh, she is fortunate enough to live just a few minutes from me, so she dropped in and picked up some essences for her trip, and again, intuitively guided. Uh, I kind of just looked at the collection, and I handed her a couple, and like, here, you need this, you'll need that, take that and this, and one of the essences was Argentine essences oak, Um, and that's obviously an essence from the oak tree, and oak tree is is a grounding essence. It's gets you on the ground and feet are firmly placed and you feel yourself, you feel your body, you have clarity, focus. Because so sometimes we're a little spacey, you know, we're, we're out there somewhere and it's hard to come back in and feel yourself again. So um, she was having that moment where she was up in the mountains in the high elevations in California and um, she couldn't focus. She was driving, she was getting lost, she couldn't, think clearly, all of those uh, things were were happening to her, and she got a little concerned. She listened to her inner voice, and it said, oak. And she's like, yes, I need oak. I need grounding. She took her oak essence, was fine within a few minutes, and was able to continue throughout the day and actually be present in what she was doing and experiencing with those around her. And sometimes our star seeds especially, you know, our, our wires get rattled. You know, some of us have our foot in 3D, our foot in 5D, or or, or in the middle somewhere, and uh, we we kind of lose balance. It's hard going back and forth, um, and we have to. Some of us have regular jobs and have to go out into the world, and, you know, and then we get into our spiritual mode, and then we go back to reality again. It's... To me, it's traumatic. Um, when I get back from a quest, it takes me a while to get back into what I got to do and in, in, in my daily routine. Um, 
so powerful. And that you have both drops to be, you know, like uh, internal and sprays. Uh, and sometimes you need one, sometimes you need the other, sometimes you need both. Is that right? Yeah, it's all um, with what you need for the day. Uh, basically, I always need black tourmaline um, and shungite spray. That is because I'm in front of the, compu- all, the computer all day. And I need to protect my my space. We're walking in Wi-Fi everywhere we go, and I'm very sensitive to those energies, microwave. Um, so I use my black shungite and uh, black tourmaline and shungite daily, and the angel sword and fringe violet, which you can actually make yourself if you just purchase uh, essence that I have online of fringe violet and angel sword. And you get yourself a little spray bottle, and you drop in some, I use Mountain Valley, but any spring water and a few, you know, drops of your favorite oil. And you put, a, not a lot, you just need two to four drops, depending on how big your bottle is. And you can create your own, and you have your stock bottle to, to keep you going there for a while. And you can make oh, cool. your own spray, and that's a that's a great tool to have. And then... If you need a heavy-duty clearing, you can ingest the um, angel sword and fringe violet. Uh, That's good for healers who work a lot with different people. In between sessions, it's good for clearing your energies to move on to the next person. Um, And it's also sealing you so you're not depleted during your sessions as well. Well, that's that's good because a lot of of starseeds do that kind of energy work. And it's important that they understand what you just said. Yes, they. Um, I'm preparing actually for 2023. We're going to have a practitioner kit, um, and it's going to incorporate the main uh, starseed essences, and then you can also mix and match your own in a reduced price um, for starseeds. Uh, it'll be starseed 11 on the website, and that will give you 35% off the practitioner kit coming out in 2023. It will have 7 or 12 of your favorite essences, or I can create it for you depending on what kind of work you do and give you the ones that um, are most beneficial for whatever your practice is. So I'm looking forward to that. There's so many exciting new essences coming in 2023. It's like they've been holding me back at the gate. I just want to, you know, release them, and they're like, not yet, not yet, wait till 2023. Um, I can share a few of the new ones that are coming. I have a Nakasha Rainbow Rainbow Oracle on Dara. It's a brand-new specimen filled with rainbow codes, and it's highly activating it helps enhance your natural spiritual abilities, your gifts. And again, it comes in uh, with the knowingness of the Akasha records and the rainbow codes that come in from the higher realms of Melchizedek. Um, another one that's one of my favorites that I'm looking forward to is the Istari Collector Andara. It's a blue and black Andara and it's a shape-shifting Andara. It brings forth the wizard's 
the masters of the arts of alchemy, magic, and so much more. And when you look through it in sunlight, there's a flash of brilliance that kind of sparkles inside. And it's to me, it looks like the universe. And it just has these beautiful electric hues, and it just brings you into the cosmos. So very, very um, connected to Merlin, uh, to St. Germain, um, to Yeshua. So, oh, my gosh. I mean, I went on an Andara binge. (laughs) I have at least 25 new pieces. Uh, My Andara uh, uh, mother that, that... the Andara, she called me and she says, hey, I'm doing the sale just for special um, customers, 40% off, so get it while, you're, while you can, and that was my calling. I, I got all of the, I believe I have the future collections of all these fantastic tools for starseeds that are going to be coming through in the future. Another one that I have, which is very near and dear to me, and I just received it recently. I've been working with it. Is the blood of Christ Andara, and it holds the the knowing of that holy spiritual lineage of the Mary Magdalene and Yeshua lineage, the codes, the true teachings of the way, um, and it has a gold radiance in it. It's red with a gold radiance, and it's a shift of radiance of gold into red, and it just looks heavenly. It's just um, amazing how these um, crystals are, are being birthed on the earth now to help us and to help us heal and to help us grow and to emerge as the sovereign beings that we are. So I'm really looking forward to 2023. Very excited. Wow. So... The, the earth is giving us not only the plants but the minerals that we need. Yeah. For this. Yeah. You know, new era. So that is wonderful. Um, and you do you do consultations um, as well for for people to try to you know see exactly what what you are picking up for them to to benefit from uh, is, well, is yeah, that correct I yeah. the the flowers are are one form of healing and then i have the spiritual healing which is completely different um that's more of tapping in with the avatars um it's more of a spiritual consultation i really can't describe it cuz each one is different and it's all based on what you need at the time and who wants to come through and, and give you a message. Um, I channel during that session, and, oh, boy, we've had grandmothers come through and, and grandfathers, ancestors, and avatars, spirit guides, uh, light family, cosmic family coming through. Interestingly enough, and I'll share this because all of us know about the Palladians, there was a, a time in 2021, I believe, or early 2022, where every single session I have that was spiritual, it was all uh, everyone's Palladian guide or Palladian family trying to get through to their 
their uh, family member here on, on the earth and they're not listening and they're not believing and they like they brush it off like uh, like I did also in the beginning. I brushed it off, but um, they're very insistent and persistent. And when they come through, they're like, well, we've been trying to get a message through. And, you know, they have that person, they need to pay attention. We're giving them the signs. We really need them to harness this. And it was almost like a time of SOS. Like, you know, they're sending out the signal, but the signal isn't being received. So I do a, a lot of that connecting uh, people to their star family, to their their guides. Um, and once they feel the frequency and they, they have the, that feeling that you get when you know, then they take it mm-hmm. with them and they can recognize when it is truly them and when uh, to use discernment and know if it's, you know, an imposter of sorts. Exactly. And and what what role do you think um, EMF and Wi-Fi plays with people's ability to hear? Oh, huge. I mean, just turn off your Wi-Fi for two days at home and, and sleep with it off, and you notice a difference right away the next day. I mean, your your thought patterns, your your what you what you do, you're more productive when you don't have that on all night when you're sleeping. Um, and you don't have to have it on all night. You can unplug it and turn it back on in the morning. We're sleeping, so you don't need it on. And it makes a big right. difference in the space, in your home. I sense it immediately. I try to turn it off as as much as we can because sometimes you forget. You fall asleep and, and you could tell, oh, I didn't turn off the Wi-Fi last night. I feel icky. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, I I just like if you turn off the Wi-Fi, then you can have your Sky-Fi. <laughs> I don't yeah. know where that came from. <laughs> yeah, you can have your choice, Wi-Fi or Sky-Fi. <laughs> uh, I like that. Uh, has, I like that Sky-Fi. Yeah, yeah. You can have one or the other, but you can't have them both at the same time. So it has just it has been so wonderful to speak with you this evening and the messages that you brought through from the avatar realm the you know the great white brotherhood so beautiful so needed and and I don't think I'll ever look at snow the same way I have a yeah, whole new understanding and sh- and she's right. I mean, how many times do we go out and do snow angels? I mean, what right. makes you want to do that? The purity of the fresh snow and and when you have the sun glistening over it, I mean, I could see how it's a you don't want to mess it up <laughs> and get it all right. all dirty. Right. You just want it to glisten. So beautiful message, and I was so honored to be able to share this with everyone and. Wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And you as well, Sandra. And I look forward to giving you a hug in real life uh, when we get together at another quest. But thank you so much for the work that you do for the benefit of Star Seeds, for your, your project for the children in Uganda, uh, and expanding your um, 
your your essences to help more and more people with more and more things. So thank you so much for that, and have a joyous holiday. Thank you, Ariel. You too. Hug. Hug, hug, hug. Thank you, Sandra. Bye-bye. And now, one more song. Have a joyous holiday season with love. See you in two weeks. Bye-bye.